praise you, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Teach me to hear your voice of truth. Teach me to know your heart of love. Teach me to understand
Hallelujah. Behold, I make all things new, says the Lord Most High. Jesus. I make all things new. Hallelujah. All things new. Hallelujah. When God does his work, it's a permanent work. When God does his work, it's a new work. When his work is accomplished, it removes everything that is of the old. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's no trace of the old. There's no trace of the scar. There's no trace of the bruise. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There's no trace. There's no trace. Hallelujah. For he makes all things brand new from the foundation up. God lays a new foundation. He never lays any material on top of the old foundation, says the Lord Most High. He does a solid work and it's a new work. Hallelujah. Behold, I will do a new thing, says the Lord. And it shall spring forth. Hallelujah. It shall spring forth. Not the way you are expecting. God says. It's not going to be like how you want it. That it's going to be far more glorious. It'll come in a different manner. Exceeding abundantly. Above all that you ask or imagine. Thank you, Jesus. To all those who have purposed in their hearts. To not defile themselves like Daniel did. With that which is of the world, God says to such people, I will do a new thing. Hallelujah. God says, I will do a new thing. Hallelujah. Nothing of the old shall be there. I will do a new thing. And it shall spring forth. Hallelujah. It shall spring forth. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For he is the God of wonders. Thank you, Jesus. God is going to do something brand new. Something brand new in the lives of those who say, I don't want to have anything to do with anything that is ungodly. Hallelujah. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But instead, they do this one thing. They delight in the word of God, the law of the Lord, and they meditate on it day and night. Hallelujah. And God does a new thing for such people. Hallelujah. That they will bear fruit. In this season. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God is doing something new in our midst. God will do something new in your life 
if you'll purpose in your heart not to let yourself defiled by the things of this world by anything that God abhors stay away from it thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah eyes of seeing ears of heard it's recorded in his word is in Jesus my lord wonderful eyes of seeing ears of heard it's recorded in his word is in Jesus my lord wonderful yes eyes of seeing ears of heard it's recorded in his word is in Jesus my lord wonderful eyes of seeing ears of heard it's recorded in his word is in Jesus my lord wonderful eyes of seeing ears of heard it's recorded in his word is in Jesus my lord wonderful praise you father praise you father hallelujah the steps of a righteous person they ordered by the lord hallelujah god hides his people his righteous people with purpose in their hearts not to defile themselves from anything that this world would offer God will hide them in his pavilion. And when evil days come, they will be hidden. When evil days come, they'll be hidden in the pavilion of the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. And in famine, they will flourish. Good Jesus. In winter, they will blossom. Good Jesus. Praise you Holy Spirit. They will be evergreen evergreen hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah this is what God says behold I will do a new thing a new road God will pave for you God will cause you to walk in the new road hallelujah a new stream God will cause to gush out for you and God will cause you to drink from that new stream hallelujah a new path God will pave for you in the midst of your circumstances something new God is going to do something new God is about to do hallelujah a new experience God will give for you you would purpose in your heart not to defile yourself with anything that God abhors thank you Jesus praise you father praise you father praise you father oh father we thank you lord for this time we praise you we praise you we praise you we praise you hallelujah chariots are prepared for the day of battle but victory comes from god thank you jesus victory comes from god hallelujah safety is of the lord hallelujah provision for god's people is from the hands of the almighty god protection for god's people is from the hands of the almighty god hallelujah and he protects his people in a new way 
He provides for his people in new ways. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you will continue to minister to our hearts. As we go into your word, O oh Lord, I pray that the word of God may do a deep work in the lives of your people. Lead us into the newness of life. Hallelujah. Lead us into the newness of life. Hallelujah. Lead us into the newness of life. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Hallelujah. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who sees the end from the beginning. Hallelujah. Who holds us by a right hand and who says, fear not. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I'm your God. Don't be anxious. I'm your God. I'm with you. Hallelujah. And I will open rivers in the desert for you. That which was not there. In that desert, there was no river there. Not just one river. I'll open multiple rivers for you. Rivers in the desert for you. Thank you, Jesus. And I will make a way in the wilderness. Thank you, Jesus. Where there's no way, I will make a brand new way just for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For those who have purposed in their hearts to not defile themselves with whatever the world would offer. Like how Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the king's food. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your presence that is here. Thank you, Lord, for your voice that is clearer than any other voice that is out there. The voice that produces life. Hallelujah. The voice that drives out death. Hallelujah. The voice that imparts faith into the hearts of the hearers. Thank you, Jesus. The voice that brings dry bones together. Hallelujah. The voice of God. We praise you. We praise you, Father. The voice that brings life where death is. Hallelujah. The voice that gives gain where loss is. Hallelujah. The voice that comes and replaces good where evil was. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We praise you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Work in us by the working of the Holy Spirit at this hour. Work in us by the working of the Holy Spirit at this hour. Work in us by the working of the Holy Spirit, O God, at this hour. Touch every brother, touch every sister, touch every child. All those who are here, touch them, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, we praise you. We praise you, 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 Lord. Oh, Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we praise you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You came to set the captives free. We thank you, Lord. You came to set the captives free. We praise you, Father. There's freedom for all the captives who come to the Lord Jesus Christ. All those who come to the Lord Jesus Christ, they receive their freedom. And I thank you for this reason. The Son of Man was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we no longer be bound. No longer be bound to anything. 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 That is of the devil. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that you minister to our hearts, O Lord. Speak to us from your holy word. I pray that you will strengthen our hearts. Cause our hearts, Lord, to be bent and following the will of God. Cause our hearts, O Lord, to be determined and staying in the will of God. I pray, Holy Spirit, let there be a longing from the hand of the Almighty God at this hour. In the lives of the people, O Father, I pray, let there be a longing for the Spirit of God. Instill your presence in the hearts of your people, wherever they are, I pray. Give to them a deeper hunger and a deeper thirst for the things of God. A deeper reverence for the Almighty God. I pray. And I ask you, Lord, that you will visit your people in a special way. Thank you. I praise you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise be to God. The Lord just um, gave the word. I have about... Um, two passages that God has given to us at this hour. So we're just going to um, go over those two scripture portions that the Spirit of the Lord has um, brought to us. I'm just going to pull out um, pull out those two sections. And as we um, read it, God is going to open our eyes of understanding. So I'm going to go into... Thank you, Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Thank you, Lord. And I'm going to read from verse Twenty-five onwards. Luke chapter ten, 
from verse 25 onwards. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I come against every devouring spirit, every demonic spirit that is trying to steal what you have for your people. I bind those unclean spirits in Jesus' name. Every demonic spirit of tiredness, every evil spirit of distraction, every unclean spirit that is coming to take what God has for your people at this hour. I bind those in Jesus' name. Every spirit of pain, I bind you in Jesus' name. And I take victory in Jesus' name. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you unveil the eyes of the understanding of your people at this hour. Unlock the hearts of your people at this hour. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, oh, Father, let every heart become a good ground, Lord. In the name of Jesus, plow through every heart. Plow through every heart. Plow through every heart. Let an understanding heart be given at this hour in the name of Jesus. Break every fallow ground in Jesus' name. Father, break every fallow ground in Jesus' name. Father, break every fallow ground in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We are the sheep of your pasture. Hallelujah. Feed us the Holy Spirit. I thank you, I praise you in Jesus' name. I pray, amen. Praise be to God. Luke. Luke chapter 10, and I'm going to read from verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Now, you see a certain lawyer, someone who knows the word, he comes to Jesus to test him. Not everyone who tries to come and say, well, I have a question in the Bible. Can you answer me? Not everyone is sincere. So the spirit of God shows who is really sincere, whose question you should answer, whose question you should not answer. And how to answer. There are times when Jesus would ask would answer someone's question with another question. There are times when Jesus would not give an answer. And then there are times when Jesus would go into a parable. There are times when Jesus will, you know, call a little child to show something. God deals with different situation in a unique manner. And when we see here, this is basically a hypocrite who's not really looking for the real answer, but He's trying to come see how he can find fault with Jesus Christ. Really try to see how I can push his buttons. Even to this man, Jesus Christ, very wisely he answers them because Jesus is wisdom himself. He has a spirit of wisdom operating in him. So at that time, when this guy comes and answers him, he knew that he's coming to test me, but he's not just getting like upset. You know, there are people who know when somebody's trying to provoke them, they get like really upset. They say that, you know, I'm really upset with you because you try to test me and, you know, you're not being, you know, true and this and that. They really get 
upset. But Jesus was someone who really gave room for the people to come and ask him questions, but didn't cater to their evil desires. He would take those questions and use that so that, you know what? Not only that man, but all those around him will get something eternal. God's focus is to always give life, give life, give life. So he wanted to impart something, not just to this guy. Oh, there were so many people who were around him who were listening too. So he takes every opportunity and makes it a teachable moment there where he imports life into all those who are there, including that man. But God can give something and I can say, well, no, I don't want it. If I don't receive it and I have my hands folded, then I'm not going to receive what God gives. And this is where Jesus talks in the previous section, if you see, that Jesus will talk about his his um, disciples, giving them instruction how to go and do ministry. And he anoints them and he sends them out. And he says, if they don't receive you, you know, shake the dust off your feet and just go. Why? Because he says that you have done your part. If they're not receiving, you're not going to be wasting. Say a ground is not taking the water in. What will happen if you keep on pouring, keep on pouring, keep on pouring? What will happen? All the water will be wasted. It's going to go away. It's not going to really go into the ground in order to produce. So what do you do at that point? At that point, you take that water and you use it wisely into the land where it will actually give you the yield. Jesus like that. He's not going to spend time with this rich young ruler like how he did with his 12 disciples. Because he knew with the 12 disciples, they are going to become the apostles one day. The 11 of them. And the one, the other one that's going to replace Judas would have also been someone who was around them. Taught by Jesus. Jesus had many of the disciples besides the 12. 12 were the inner circle. He had many more. And so... When you look at Jesus Christ, the way he ministered, he always wanted to make the best of what the Lord has given according to the spirit of God. He never wasted his time, never wasted his energy, never wasted anything. Whatever he does, it was with a purpose. And he gave every single person, including the hypocrite, an opportunity to hear the truth. So they won't have any excuse to say, that. well, I came to Jesus and he never answered my questions because of that I went to hell. No. So when this lawyer came to Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ gives them an answer, but his answer came back in the form of a question. He says, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? That means, oh, you, a lawyer who really knows everything that is in the law of the Lord. You're supposed to know. You're a lawyer. Uh, what is your word? The Bible says, what does the Old Testament say? What have you read so far and what have you understood? What does it actually say? Because your question is, how can I inherit eternal life? Is there any where written in the Old Testament of how to inherit eternal life? Absolutely. So he's asking him this question. Haven't you read this? Because it's already there and you should know. Why is it that you're coming and asking me? So he's asking him this question. Well, you should know the answer for that. What have you understood from what you have read? 
So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He gave the right answer. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. What is Jesus saying here? He says, Being A hearer of the word or just a reader of the word is not sufficient because you can read the word and you can die. You can hear the word and you can die if you don't do the word. So being a doer of the word is very, very, very important. If I'm not a doer of the word, I can have the Bible, hold the Bible, sleep with the Bible, wake up with the Bible, walk with the Bible. But you know what? My soul will go straight to where Satan is. Satan also knows the Bible. Cover to cover, Satan knows the Bible. So it's not about how much you know over here in your head, but to what extent you become a doer of the word, how much you actually put it into practice, how much you're a doer of the word. So Jesus tells him this. He says, when he used the word live, he's talking about living now and living eternally. He came and asked this question, right? How can I inherit eternal life? That means he's asking, how can I live forever and ever and ever? And Jesus says, be a doer of the word and you will live forever and ever and ever. And this is the same solution God gives to every single human being on the face of the earth, even today. Like I said before, when you see the red letters in the Bible, it's very important. Those are the very words of the Lord Jesus Christ. If he tells you to do something, it is very important. If he said something, we better pay attention to it because it is very important. So he says this, you've answered rightly. That means you know the answer to it, but you're not doing it. Go and do it and you will live. This is how you're going to enter into eternal life. By how? By loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself. Well, a lot of people will say, well, loving my neighbor is doing some charity work. No, it's not. And they say, well, if I love my neighbor and I give away everything, that's enough. No, it's not. Loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength is number one. Loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul equals doing everything that God has told you to do. Because Jesus said this, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if you need to love God with all your heart, his commandments should be in your heart. If you have to love God with all your mind, his commandments should be in your mind. Doer of the word of God in your mind. Doer of the word of God in your heart. Doer of the word of God in your soul. In every part of your being, you have to be a doer of the word of God. That means it's not just, well, I was thinking about hurting somebody or I was thinking about lying, but I didn't do it. So I'm a good person. No, you have to be careful with your thought life. Just because someone didn't physically commit adultery doesn't mean that they are not living an adulterous life. What you do with your mind is extremely important. What you do with your eyes is very important. What you do with your ears is very important. What you do with your mouth is very important. What you do with your heart is very important. The Bible says, Jesus said this, out of the heart, out of the heart flows the issues of life. And he says, from the heart proceeds everything. What? Unclean thoughts and unclean words and everything that comes out of, you know, your action comes from a result of what has been stored in your heart. So if you want to live, what do you have to do? You have to have your storage full of life. 
and the Spirit of God so beautifully has recorded through Apostle Paul in the New Testament that if you walk or if you live in the Spirit, you're going to be an overcomer and thereby you're going to live. But if you walk after the flesh, you will die. If you walk after the flesh, you will die. Everyone, somebody or the other, they're going to die. It's not talking about physical death. It's talking about the spiritual death. And he's talking to believers. But if you want to really live, you live in him now and continue to live in him and live with him forevermore, then you're going to do what Jesus told this man to do. That's the same instruction that applies to us even today, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart. If you love me, keep my commandments. How can you love God with all your heart? That means everything that is within you has to fall in line with the word of God. Go after the word of God with everything that is within you. Love the Lord your God with all your soul. Everything that is with you passionately, you want to go after the word of God. Delight yourself in God, which is delighting yourself in his word. That's what Psalm 1 says as well. If you delight in the law of the Lord and in his law, you meditate day and night. That's what loving him with all your soul is. Love the Lord your God with all your strength. That means whatever you do, do it heartily, do it wholeheartedly, do it all your might. And what are you supposed to do? Love him with all your might. How do you do that? In doing the word of God, obeying, in obeying the word of God, use all your strength, use all your willpower, use all your whatever power you have, every bit of strength you have, your mind, your body, your emotions, gear that towards obeying the word of God without any compromise. When you do that, when you do, you are fulfilling the first step where Jesus said you will live. When you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, let me tell you this. When you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, step number two will become very easy because it's a byproduct of step number one. When you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, step number two will easily flow out of you. Loving others as yourself will easily flow out of you. Doing what God wants you to do for others without expecting anything in return, without expecting thank you in return, without expecting them to go and, you know, publish what you did all over the place, without expecting any of those things in return, you do it. Now, God will honor those who honor God. God will publish the good works of those who honor him. Jesus said this, let your light so shine before men. They, what they, who they, the people who see that light, they will glorify God. They will publish the good works that God is doing in and through you. But you don't self-publish and self-advertise. God is speaking to our hearts today. Our whole focus has to be Jesus and Jesus alone. Loving God with all our hearts, with all our mind, with all our soul, and with all our strength is doing what God wants us to do according to the word of God. Whatever God has taught us, whatever God has brought to us from his word, do it with everything that is within you. Don't be lazy in that. And when it comes to obeying God, when it comes to doing what God wants you to do, don't say, well, tomorrow. Well, I don't feel like getting up. Well, I don't feel like praying. 
Well, I don't feel like going to church today. Well, I'm just tired. Well, this is too much. Well, if you go with your feelings, you are not loving him with all your strength. If you go with whatever your body says, you're not putting enough effort to go against what your body says in order to fulfill the will of God. When we love God with all our strength, you know what we will do? We will overcome whatever comes our way. You know, have you experienced this? Have you seen your loved ones who are very, very sick? When someone who's really dear to them comes or, you know, a phone call comes and you give all of a sudden the eyes open. All of a sudden, from where do they get that strength? That's the power of love. When you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, God himself will give you the power that you need when you take that first step to show God that you're genuinely seeking him, that you're genuinely loving him. So loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength is not just, oh, I'm just going to sing a song and I'm going to play something and I'm just going to worship a little bit and I love him with all my heart. No, 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 no. Jesus said this, if you love me, keep my commandments. To what degree you keep the commandments of God really shows to what degree you love him. I want to repeat this, to what degree you keep the commandments of God, to what degree you obey God shows to what degree you love him. Whether you love him with all your heart or with a quarter portion of your heart, if you have a graph and you just, you know, graph it out or draw the lines to see how much shaded area, one out of five, two out of five, three out of five, four out of five, or is it five out of five? Or When you look at it, when God looks at your heart, what will he see? What is the shaded area? Out of how much do you love God? May God speak to your hearts at this hour. Let's not deceive ourselves saying that, Oh, I love God. I love you so much, Lord. I love you so much. Saying that 10 times or 20 times or even 100 times is not going to do anything if I don't show it in action. So God is speaking to our hearts today. How important saying to God, I love you is. Very important. How important you think it is when you actually show God how much you love him. Both are important. That's why worship is very important. We worship God with everything. That means we're not just doing it with our mouth. We're doing it from the heart to the mouth. From the heart, it comes to the mouth. So our worship is to come with a wholehearted worship where we love him with everything that is within us. That means I'm obeying him and I'm worshiping him out of that sincere heart. It's not that I'm doing what God is telling me to do, but I'm not going to worship. I'm not going to open my mouth and sing. I'm not going to open my mouth and praise. No, no, no. When we love somebody, we open our mouth and we express it. And if someone says that they love you, your spouse or your children, you would expect them to verbalize it or show it. So it's important for us to be people who will say it and also will do it. We have to be people who will magnify God and say, Lord, I will worship you. As the psalmist says, Jesus sang a hymn. His voice would have been so beautiful. Before he went to be crucified, when he was with his disciples, he sang a hymn. It was so important to Jesus. Jesus would have sang many, many times. There are a few times it's been recorded in the Bible. But the intensity and with passion he would have sang he would have not just sang 
you know, just something. You know, some people sing because they like to hear their own voices. Some people, they sing because they like the song. Some people sing because they get emotional with the words. Some people sing because they like the beat. But are you becoming one with the song when you sing that the song I'm singing is for my savior? And is it coming from your heart? It's just coming out of you, just overflowing to God because it's a worship to God that comes as a sacrifice to the savior. Now that's a real love song when you sing to Jesus. The passion is important. Jesus would have sang with passion. When he prayed, he would have prayed with passion because he was a man who always did the will of God as a human being. He said this, my father always hears me because I always do his will. God will always hear us if we always do his will. That's the first part of loving God with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. That means obeying God and doing whatever God wants you to do according to his word. No matter how we may feel, no matter how our surroundings may be, no matter how many oppositions we may face, we use all our strength to go the other way, the opposite way of the enemy. To do what God has called us to do because we love him, we show God that we love him, because we love him, we spontaneously do what God has called us to do. Now, that's number one. So when we are diligent, that's what the Old Testament God says so beautifully, he says, if you will be diligent in doing the commandments of God or following the commandments of God or diligently in keeping the commandments of God, these are different ways, you know, in which God tells his people, do what I'm telling you to do. Very simple. Now, loving God with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength, that's number one. When you love God with all our heart, when you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, what happens is his love flows into you. That reservoir that is empty begins to fill up with not an emotional human kind of uh, faint, mushy love that depends on how others treat you. No, this is God kind of agape love that goes into you. When that goes into you, you begin to feel the love of God. And then when that begins to fill you and begins to overflow out of you, second number two of the Ten Commandments begins, you know, becomes very easy. And when you see people who are in need or see your enemies in need or whatever happens around you, you are going to show God's love. So step number two or commandment here that God says, love your neighbor as yourself comes out very naturally because of the spirit of love, spirit of God who is flowing into you and out of you. So you love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus goes one step further in the New Testament. So Jesus says, do this and you will live. You're going to live when you do this. But Jesus even says even more. Living is one thing, but if you really want to live to the fullest, where you want to be a tree full of fruit, you need to love others like how Jesus loved you. That's a higher kind of love. How will that happen? Again, if you really 
I keep on doing the first commandment, which says, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You cannot be a better person if you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. If you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you're not, you cannot be a jealous person. If you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you're not going to be a vengeful person. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you're not going to be an immoral person. If you love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you're not going to be a person who is out of control, lack of self-control. You know why? Because there's something that takes place as a transaction that takes place. When you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, he loves you and his love flows into you. When that happens, there's a change that takes place. That's why the Bible says renewing of your mind through the word of God. There's a change that takes place. When you delight yourself in the law of the Lord, the law of the Lord, the word of God goes and has a transforming effect, a work of transformation that takes place in your mind, in your brain, in your ears, in your eyes. There's a purifying work. There's a blessed, glorious work that is taking place. There's a detoxification that goes on in your spirit, man, where the spirit of God comes and he shatters the world of the demonic realm. That's why in the prophecy during the worship, the Holy Spirit said, God comes to do something new. He's not going to do something new on top of that which is old. He comes and takes the old off completely. Everything of the old has to be gone. And then he brings the new in. Where it was never there to begin with, he does something new. It springs forth, God says. So when you look at what Jesus told this, lawyer he said these two things you need to do one is love god with all your heart mind soul and strength and then love your neighbor as yourself jesus like i said took it further because we are living by the faith of the son of god who loved us and gave himself for us so we have more now god has invested more into us which is the seed of christ which is the spirit of god through that you can do even more through that you can love others like how Jesus loves us. Not just how you love yourself. Even more. You can even love more. The love of Jesus Christ is sacrificial love. So. The two commandments that Christ said is very important, vital for us to have that eternal life. Is good for us to live. But if you really want to thrive and really become everything that God wants you to be. You go further, which is love others or loving others like how Jesus loves you. How many times did Jesus forgive you? How many times did Jesus bless you? How many times did Jesus do whatever you were desperately asking him to do? When you were unfaithful to him so many times, how many times did God forgive you and restore you? Yet many times we tell somebody, well, it's the hundred and first time and uh, I'm not going to do it anymore. hundred times I forgave you and this is too much. I'm not going to do it anymore. Meanwhile, you'll be the same person who'll go and ask, Lord, this is the 250th time, but please forgive me. May God help us at this hour to really understand the depth of Calvary. Under, may God help you to understand that how deep the love of Christ is. 
May God help you to understand the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he told this lawyer, do this and live, he just didn't sarcastically say it. He really gave him the solution. He said, you know the word here. You really don't know the word. You need to do it in order to live. Not just read it, but to apply it in your life. If you want God to do something new in your life, really need to love the word of God. As the Lord said during worship, you need to purpose in your heart to stay far away from everything that God abhors. You need to stay far away from everything that would pollute you and corrupt you. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. God wants to do something glorious in you. God wants to do something new in you. When he says new, it's brand new. That means it never existed there. In your life, it was not there. He's going to do something new. And if you want to inherit that newness that God has for you, in the midst of what may appear wilderness, in the midst of what may be a desert, God is doing something special there. God is doing something unique there. God is doing something miraculous there. We want that to happen. Really need to part with what God abhors. Loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength equals parting with whatever God abhors. When you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you will live. Because out of you shall flow rivers of living water. When you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and disassociate yourself with everything that God abhors, then what is going to happen? God will do new things for you in your life. God will do new things for you in your life. It will spring forth. What is not there suddenly will begin to happen. Always you'll be wondering, God, why is this not happening? Why am I not feeling this? Why am I having desert all the time? Why am I having wilderness all the time? Why am I facing wild beasts in the wilderness all the time? Why is my life so rugged all the time? Begin. Have a lot of whys. Long line of whys. But when you look at everything, Jesus will look at us and ask us, just like how he asks this man the same question. Why is there a why? What went wrong here? When God, as a good parent, asks us that question, it makes us think. Well, we do. We better answer him right and not pretend like we don't know the answer. Well, I don't know, Lord. Can you please tell me? He knows that also. It's good for us to have an honest self-examination. It's important for us to have an honest assessment of ourselves, where we stand before God. And what do we have to do in order to be what God wants us to be, in order for God to do that new thing in our life? A ground has to be set. In order for the seed to be planted, it's not that you just throw, if you, if you want to have a good yield and have a good tree. You're not going to just throw the seeds randomly. Have you seen a farmland? You don't see the farmer just taking a bag and just throwing all over, just like standing there and like, like a kid playing with the seeds. No. Before he sows, he works on the land. 
He tills the land. You call that hard work. Anything that is good for you will cost you. It has to. If you want to have a good yield, you have to work on that land. You till the land. Effort. Time. Your strength. Everything goes towards that land where now you plow through the land. Back in those, day, in those days, they used to plow through the land you know, using an oxen. Now they use machine. Regardless of whether it's an oxen or a machine, plowing the land is very important. And if you have the soil, and say you have a certain type of crop, and you need to switch to something else, you rotate everything. It takes work. It takes time. The whole land has to be tilled. Everything has to be sifted. The ground has to be loosened. And then once the ground is prepared, then the seeds are thrown. Still, it's not random. If you want to have a proper yield, if you go see the farmland, you'll see straight line, straight line, straight line, straight line, straight line. They used to manually do it. Now the machine does it. Nevertheless, you have to pay for the machine. And you have to work with the machine. When the mach- something happens to the machine, you invest in the machine. Bottom line is, you work hard. You take care of the land that God has given. Use all the tools that you need to use in order to bring what needs to be brought there. To make the land a land that is ready for the seed to fall in. And then it's not over. You water the seed. Then you cause, you see the plant come up. It's not all over. The farmer has to look and watch after the crops. Birds shouldn't come and destroy it. Caterpillars or worms shouldn't come and destroy it. Weeds shouldn't come there. The farmer has to watch over it all through the season until the harvest comes. And even when the fruit is coming, he has to watch it. No disease should come to the plants or the trees. No disease disease should come to the crop. No worm should come and just take over it. No bird should come and take over the fruits. So they do certain things to cover certain things to protect the farm. So that finally when the fruit is ripe, that you can just safely get the fruit out. See how much care, how much preparation, and how much care and the process that goes into fruit bearing. Think about your life. Your mind and your heart is such a garden that you need to take time and put the effort to plow through that. Let the Holy Spirit plow through that heart, plow through that mind, spend time in the presence of the Lord. Tell the Lord, plow through my mind, plow through my heart, soften my heart, Lord, soften my mind, Lord, take away everything that shouldn't be there. Preparing the soil involves uprooting everything that shouldn't be there. The ground becomes a clear ground, void of weeds. It becomes a clear ground, void of rocks and stones that are there. It becomes a clear ground where when you put the seeds, there's no hindrance there and the seed will go in and the roots will be able to grow deep. 
Jesus talked about the parable of the sower and the seed. I encourage you to read that later. How because the ground was not tilled, the first three types of ground did not yield anything. As a matter of fact, all the plants died. But the last one was a good ground. You know why? Because that ground was a tilled ground. No thorns. No stones, no rocks. It was free of everything. A plowed ground. If you want to be someone who live, live for Jesus, not only live eternally, but bear much fruit. Have the Lord come and do a new thing in your life. Open rivers in the desert. Your life could have been like a desert. But God wants to do something new in your life. If you want God to do something new in your life, in your spirit, where you might have been barren, not bearing fruit, you need to set the stage for God's mighty work of revival to take place inside of you. You need to go with the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, plow through my heart. Lord, plow through my mind. Lord, bring out everything. Let every rock and every stone and every tear and every wheat and every thorn and every thistle, everything be removed out of my life, O oh Lord. You need to go in the presence of the Lord and pray and let the Holy Spirit work in your life. Don't be casual about your life. Don't be casual about your spiritual life. Because if you are casual about the spiritual life and think that, oh, somehow God will do it. Somehow I'll make it. Somehow I'll be, you know, a soul winner for Jesus. Somehow this will happen. Somehow it was prophesied for me. So somehow it will happen. It will not somehow happen. It requires your involvement. As Jesus told this lawyer, what have you read in the scriptures? That's what God is asking you today. What have you read in the Bible? What have you read about the sower and the seed? What have you read about the ground? That's the heart. What have you read about the seed? That's the word of God. How should the heart be? If you want the heart to be a place where it will yield much fruit. If you want the heart to be a place where rivers of living water will gush out of it. Because God will do a new thing in your life. And you should be someone with purpose in your heart. Not to defile yourself whatever God would hate. No stone should be there. The ground has to be void of stones, void of thorns, void of everything that would come and take away what God would do. So God is not going to waste his resources. Tell yourself today, Lord, I want to be someone where the Spirit of God works in me in a mighty way. I want to be someone, my body should be a place where the Holy Spirit will move in a mighty way. My mind should be a place where the Holy Spirit will move in a mighty way. My mind will become the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ. My heart will become the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where we love God with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. As a result of loving Him, we will love our neighbors as ourselves and as how Jesus loves us and loved us. Very important. If we do that, then we will live. We will thrive. We will bring much fruit that our ground will be a plowed field 
And as the word goes in and the anointing of God is released, the increase is going to be really, really great. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. I want to read one more scripture portion as the Holy Spirit wants me to before we conclude for tonight. Let me just take you to, I'm just going to bring out the chapter. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Second Kings chapter 5. The Lord told me to go to both the sections while we were praying. So I'm going to go there. I want to read from verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 1. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had got, gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. I want to stop right here. The Holy Spirit wants me to. Just the three verses that we read. We're going to go back to it and we're going to read it one more time. There are key uh, words here that the Holy Spirit will highlight. And I want you to uh, pay close attention to that as it will help you greatly. Now, the Syrians, verse 2, had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Praise be to God. This girl who was brought as a captive from her homeland to Syria where Naaman was, was a girl who waited on Naaman's wife. That means what? She was a servant. She was someone who did whatever Naaman's wife wanted for her. She said, go, you know, get this for me, get me water or, you know, whatever she wanted her to do. She was doing for Naaman's wife. She was Naaman's wife's servant. Naaman was a big commander. Each person in the family, you know, would have had separate servants. Naaman's wife's servant was this Jewish girl, a girl who walked with God. And when you look at this girl, while she was serving her boss, she was serving God. While she was serving her boss, she was serving God. She was someone who was looking for the opportune time to bring her God into the picture. I want to highlight here something that's very important for you to know and understand, which is the faith of this young girl. The faith of this young girl. If you look at verse 3, she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. She's saying, while she is doing what her boss wanted her to do 
working for her. She saw that there was a need. She saw that her boss was looking sad, troubled. She saw that there's no hope for it because she also knew about what leprosy is. But she didn't say, well, it's not my problem. No. She didn't say, well, this is the Syrian commander who came and took all my people away. Good for him. Let him suffer. No. She was a girl who was walking with God, who was hearing from God. It's important for us to know the timing of God. This girl was a girl who had her heart plowed by God and the word of God who was inside of her was speaking to her and leading her. That's the benefit of having the Holy Spirit. When we have the Holy Spirit in our life, he will lead you, he will teach you, he will guide you, he will show you the truth. He will lead you into all truths. He will teach you how to live a life that is pleasing to God and we need to obey him. He will give us the strength to obey him. Now, when you look at this girl, she was a girl who was walking with God, even though she was alone. She was a girl who was like Daniel in Babylon. She was over here in Syria as a servant girl serving this captain's wife here. As she is serving him, she knows she's serving God. Because she was serving God, while she's serving this lady, God led her at the right time to talk to her boss about the God in Israel by letting the boss know that there's a prophet in Israel. It's very important. God said this to Isaiah. Whom shall I send? Who will go for me? Unless they hear it, unless they hear about me, unless they would know that there is hope for them. How will they even know? And this girl over here, being the messenger of God Almighty, serving God here as being God's servant, that little girl, with God's power inside of her. She might have looked, if she was inferior, maybe other people would have thought, oh, she's just a little slave girl. Oh, she's just a little servant girl. Oh, she's a little captive girl. Oh, she's a girl. A lot of times people think like that. Oh, that's just a girl. Oh, that's just a woman. The power of God, be it a man or a woman, when it fills a person, makes them into extraordinary vessel of almighty God. If God's power is not there, whether you're a man or a woman or a king or, a, you know, whoever, it means nothing. Because human power cannot come close to divine power. But when we walk with God and the power of God fills us, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. In my weakness, his strength is being made perfect. God does something supernatural in the lives of those who are supposedly or so-called weaker vessels. Look at David in his family, youngest in his family, little boy. Even his dad didn't think that he qualified to be anointed as a king over Israel. He was disqualified by his dad. Not because his dad didn't like him, not because his dad was partial, no. Because according to his dad, he's a little fellow. He's very young. 
and never underestimate a person's age or their gender. Never calculate anyone, like how the people of the world will look at them and gauge them and measure them. That's not our job. That's not our place. And you know what? We'll be 100% wrong all the time. Because God sees everything. This little fellow, David, was a powerful, strong man on the inside. Strongest out of everyone in his entire family. As a matter of fact, in his entire nation. You look at this little servant girl. Yes, she was a captive. But you know what? She had more power than even the commander of the Syria. Because she had power with God. She was walking with God. She was hearing God when this man was not. She was someone who went to the master's wife and told her about the prophet who is in Israel. She said, if this man would just know about this prophet, if she would just live there, if, she would, if he would have just, you know, been there, he wouldn't have this. Or if he would just go there, he would be healed. What is she trying to say? She's trying to say that this is real. What God is doing in our nation is real. Our God is alive. The anointing of God that God has on the prophet Elisha in Israel is real. If you would just go there, he will be healed. You know what a great risk she took. If he goes there and if he doesn't get healed, that's it for her. Because she is a servant girl here. She can play games over there with the time and with the life of this great commander. She could have just thought, well, what if he goes and what if he doesn't get healed? What if he goes and Elisha says, I'm not going to pray for you. What if he goes there and he doesn't come back? She could have thought all those things, but you know what? She did not think. You know why? Because she was filled with the spirit of God. And she was listening to the Spirit of God. She had the confidence that, Naaman, you go there, you will get healed. How many of us can do that? How many of you have that confidence in God Almighty? That my God will do this. He can do this. How many of you can confidently invite people to your church? How many of you can confidently tell the people, hey, there is a prophet in Israel over here. How many of you can confidently say that my God is alive? He's working here in our midst. If you bring your sick here, they will get healed. She had that confidence. Why? Because she was hearing from God and she had faith in God. And she knew that when Elisha prayed, things will happen. She had that faith in God. We need to be like that. A ground that is stilled. A ground that bears fruit. She was a ground that was stilled. She was a ground that bore fruit. In the midst of the wilderness came the gushing spring out of her to offer life, the living water to Naaman and his wife who were both thirsty. And you know what? He had something new happen to him as a result of what she said. His faith in what she said and his obedience to what the man of God, the prophet, said. 
brought him a brand new skin, a skin that was like the baby skin. Not only did it drive out leprosy, but it brought something new inside of him, which was a brand new skin. That's what God will do for you. There's a prophecy God is speaking at this hour. When you really align yourself according to the will of God, when you have the spirit of God plow through your heart and become a tree that will bear fruit through the spirit of God, you won't have any fear. This girl didn't have any fear. You won't have any doubt. Like just this girl didn't have any doubt. You will have the confidence in God Almighty through his word that yes, my Jesus can heal. Like this girl had confidence. She was able to confidently say, oh, if we could just be there where the prophet is, he will be healed. No fear. What if I'm wrong? What if it doesn't happen? What if there was no what ifs over here because her faith in God Almighty was so strong. A heart that was plowed. A heart that had the word of God inside. Came out as a stream in the desert to water Naaman. To water his wife. To bring God into that family. She bore her fruit in her season. God is speaking to your hearts at this hour. Just like he told this lawyer. You go do this and you will live. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. This girl did love her God with all her heart, mind, soul and strength. And she loved her neighbor as herself right here. The man. The man's wife who actually brought her out of her house to their house where her mommy and her daddy are no longer with her. She is staying here. I remember God speaking through me through on this topic before. So I'm not going to go over this where, how this girl did not turn out to be a bitter girl, even though she was displaced. She did not turn out to be a vengeful girl. She did not withhold the blessing of God from this family. She did not withhold information that led to life for Naaman. She did not withhold God's salvation to Naaman and his family. Even though Naaman was her enemy, so to speak, because he was the one who went and raided her nation and brought her as a captive and others along with her. But she was a land or a ground that was plowed by God Almighty. God's seed went into her, planted God's tree that bore fruit. God was so delighted in seeing Naaman's salvation, Naaman's family come to God Almighty. If you want to be someone used by God, If you want to be someone mightily used by God, you need to be someone who is being worked on by the Holy Spirit, that your heart is plowed through. No hint of pride, no hint of arrogance, no hint of selfishness. Humility has to be there. The ground, you know, if you look at the ground that is plowed, 
you won't see a concrete um hard surface a plowed ground is a ground where it's been worked on that means poked on hit on spikes went on it the soil had to be pulled out very similar to what the lord spoke in the beginning of today's meeting how if you have to dig the well every time you dig what happens the ground gets a hit whether it's a machine or you use a shovel you have to hit the ground guess what happens to the ground ouch it hurts and what comes a piece of that ground comes on the other side goes the soil no more in that place so what happens a part of that surface taken out and where thrown far away no more to be there and what is being replaced after that once you dig that soil is gone but you know what comes out water comes out it is no longer i that liveth but christ liveth in me if you want to be used of god you must be a ground that is plowed worked on by god yes it will hurt yes it will hurt yes the stuff has to go god will work on your pride pride is not part of you it's satan's portion but it lodged there it's like a tick you know and when a tick goes and buries inside somebody's scalp or somebody's skin you need to pull it out and you need to take it out otherwise it will cause problems for you that's how pride is it's like a leech that goes and sits and sucks the life the blood out of you you can't say oh well um i feel so sorry for you you want to drink my blood drink my blood you know i'm so happy that you know you are alive how many of you will look at a leech and say that how many of you will let a tick say that well i'm happy that you're using me and you're surviving you know i want you to live no no you will kill it before it kills you that's how pride is if you want to inherit eternal things of god and if you want god to use you and if you want to be someone who would have eternal inheritance forever and ever and ever now and forever you need to kill your pride otherwise it'll kill your destiny eternal destiny you need to kill that anger otherwise it'll kill your eternal destiny you have to kill that selfishness self-centeredness otherwise it'll kill your eternal destiny your heart must be plowed through by the holy spirit for that you have to yield yourself to god and say lord work in me work in me and as god works in me he'll bring up certain things to the surface ugly things that you won't even like to see yuck and when your sink is clogged and you work on the sink and you get the stuff out it's not pleasant that you see but you know what once you pull everything out when the water goes in if you ah oh, so happy you say thank you jesus but you know the goo and the dirt and whatever was there obstructing the flow had to come out god has to do such a work in your lives so when it's pulled out we'll say ouch yes when it comes out you have the relief everything that is obstructing the flow of the holy spirit inside of you needs to be pulled out once it's pulled out then the spirit of god will be able to flow through you freely as we're going to close our eyes and look to the lord this night 
I want you to focus on what God has spoken to you today. Let your light so shine before men. Let it shine. But in order for that to shine, God has to do a work of cleansing. In order for you to become a blessed thing to others, God has to work in you to take away all the hindrances and for that you have to yield yourself to the Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In order for your ground to be plowed, you need to yield yourself to God and tell the Lord, Lord, whatever it takes, plow through me, Lord, even if it hurts. You give me the grace. Take away all the dirt. Take away all the stuff that needs to be taken out. Take away all the weeds, Lord. Take away all the thorns, Lord. Take away all the stones, Lord. Take away every rocky part of my heart so that I can bear fruit like that little Israeli Hebrew girl did. No bitterness, no envy, no self-pity. No, nothing. All that was coming out of her was God's love, fruit of the Spirit. Because she was the heart that was plowed by the Spirit of God. God was working in and through her. The fruit was so obvious. Both Naaman and his wife, they were able to trust her words. That her words had so much impact, such great impact upon their lives that they were able to make the decision of going to that foreign land to get that healing from the prophet. And the king of Syria had so much trust in what Naaman said that his servant girl said. He wrote a letter for Naaman. That's how we need to bear fruit for the Savior. Be the influence that God wants you to be where he wants you to be. In order for that to happen, you need to be a land that is tilled, plowed by God Almighty. That the Spirit of the Lord work in your heart at this hour. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Take a few minutes in the presence of God and pray. Tell the Lord, Lord, plow through my heart. Every day go to the Lord and say, Lord, plow through my heart. Plow through my heart. Plow through my heart. I want to be someone who would bear fruit, Lord. Plow through my heart. Remove everything that is not of you. Plow through my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Bring out everything that is unclean. Bring out everything that is not of you. Plow through my heart. Tell the Lord, plow through my heart, O Holy Spirit. Until my heart is fully Plowed by God Almighty. Ready to bear fruit 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for working in our midst this night. Thank you for what you've done. We praise you. We glorify you, Lord. For you are God and you are our God who speaks. I thank you for speaking to us this night. I pray that you will take this word that you have given to your people deeper. Take it deeper, Father. That they may bring forth much fruit, Lord. I pray that you may cause your people to focus on loving you with all their hearts, mind, soul, and strength. And from loving you, may your love flow into them that they may love their neighbors and all those around them. As Christ loves them. May they be like this little Israeli girl who brought joy to the heart of God and to the hearts of Naaman and his wife who did the will of God where God had planted her. So I pray, Lord, wherever you place your people, may each one be keen on loving you with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And letting your love flow through them. That people may see our great and glorious God. To you, O Lord, belong all glory, honor, and praise. And so, Father, I bless your people this night as your servant. With the blessing that you alone can bless them with, Father, that you may raise a mighty army for yourself, Lord. That you'll bless each and every one of them with the promise that you have promised them, Father, that you will do something new. Something that never existed before in their lives. Right in the midst of the wilderness, the desert. You're going to magnify your great name and satisfy them with your joy. And with your peace. With your provision. With your satisfaction. So as a servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God. According to the power and authority given to me by the almighty God. I bless your people with this blessing that you alone can bless them with. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth in each one of our lives according to the blueprint that you have for us in heaven. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father 
and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit. Rest and remain with us all, now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.